following podcast is not explicit. Shedcast presents Adventures from the Shed, a tabletop RPG podcast. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com. Sit down at our gaming table and join us as we play the Pathfinder Beginner Box with Kurt as Game Master. This is the first episode in a three-part series where we keep our gameplay clean for all audiences. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, and welcome to The Shed for Adventures from The Shed. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com, iTunes, Facebook, Google+, Stitcher Radio, and other places. I actually just added us into TuneIn Radio. I don't know if anyone's familiar yeah. with that, but it's out there. Uh, so we're on there as well. We're going to go around the table and say hi, starting with... Brittany. Hi, I'm Brittany. Uh, we're going backwards today, apparently. Yes. Um, I'm going to be playing the Rogue from the Pathfinder Beginner Box. Beginner Box. Um, her name is Mauricio, but I'm going to call her Mary because I'm lazy. It's an attractive name. I think you should go with it. I like it. Yeah. Hey, this is Kurt. I am going to be the teller of tales, the bringer of pain, nice. the uh, guide through the dungeon this evening. I'm actually going to be Playing the GM for the first time since fourth grade, uh, if you don't count time with my young sons. So really looking forward to it. Um, I have played this box with my two sons when they were very young uh, and have uh, really enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to playing it with the crew today. JJ here playing uh, Valeros, the fighter. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed in Kurt because he started with some alliteration and just kind of stopped. I lost it. I was trying. Yeah. And uh, Mickey, you're next. Hi, everyone. This is Mickey. I'll be playing the cleric. This is brand new for me. All kinds of healing and power and not the usual. <laughs> I know. I'm going to like totally power. try to heal somebody. I don't know how this is going to work. Don't ask Kurt. You're not going to need to shoot anyone in the knee today. I won't. Nice. Excuse me. I won't have to shoot anyone in the knee, but this could be interesting. She has a scimitar, though, so I may slice, slice. And I am Joe. I'm going to be playing the wizard Ezrin today from the Pathfinder Beginner Box. Um, he's got spells and stuff like wizards and no hit points and no armor class and stuff like wizards. Uh, and we're going to kick it back to Kurt, who's going to get us started off on this Pathfinder Beginner Box. Go ahead, Kurt. Excellent. So for those of you who might be listening, uh, you are probably familiar with Pathfinder. Hold on. Do you think anyone's going to hear it if they're not listening? Nope. For those of you okay. who are listening, <laughs> okay. faithful listeners, we love you and your support. Yes. Um, you are probably you. very familiar with Pathfinder, but if you were like me when I got back into gaming a few years ago after many, many years away, I was not at all. Um, sh- real short version, uh, when Dungeons & Dragons split between 3rd edition or 3.5 and the 4th edition, players, some stuck with 3, a lot went to 4, there was a lot of dissatisfaction, dissatisfaction within that community. Um, Paizo Publishing, an independent company, came up uh, using the OGL, the open game license, and created a totally new role-playing game set in a totally new world of Galarian. Um, The rule set is very, very similar to Dungeons & Dragons 3.5. It is often referred to as uh, version 3.75 of the world's most popular role-playing game because the rules have been tweaked. This beginner box... um, was literally my way back into tabletop gaming. I had played D&D as a young kid back in the mid-80s and then got away from it for computer games and computer RPGs for years and years. And when I wanted to start playing tabletop games again, I picked this up and played it a couple of times and uh, really enjoyed it. Started playing some Pathfinder, and now you know at the Shed we're playing all kind of fun stuff. 
Oh, um, yeah. And so, I, I've played a little bit of Pathfinder. Uh, when I actually tried to run a continuing game at our local game store uh, a year or so ago, I bought the core rulebook, the bestiary, and the Dungeon Master Guide. And I have those books. Uh, so a lot of this is familiar to me, although I haven't played the game that much. But um, I do want to talk a little bit about what's actually in this box. First off, unlike the Star Wars boxes, it is more <laughs> like the D&D starter set where you get a real, honest-to-goodness cardboard box. Um, that actually has a top laminated. and a bottom. It's Looks laminated, too, laminated. Right? It's yeah. heavy duty. Hey, you want, you, do you want to touch my box? Shiny. And it's got some this, sweet art on the cover. Yeah. No, it's it has, artwork all across. It's beautiful. It has great artwork. And then inside the box, um, because mine is new and Kurt's isn't, I'll, I'll just mention the things that were in mine in case he's lost any of it. Of course, you get your standard set of seven polyhedral dice, the D4, the D6, the D8. Uh, a D10 and a D percentile dice, as well as a 12 and a 20-sided die. In uh, there are also a couple of marketing materials, of course. But then we have the map. They have a, a genuine uh, Paizo flip map. And these are great maps that you can write on with both wet and dry erase markers. They're laminated. They're heavy duty. Well, and this is a double-sided map. It so is on double one sided. side is the map of the dungeon we're going to be crawling through today. The other side is totally blank, so you could use it for whatever you might want to run. That's convenient. Yeah. In addition to that, we have the pre-generated characters, which is what we're going to be playing today. But the box also gives you the option of creating characters. And they give you these really nice colored blank character sheets that you can build a character off of, which is essentially the middle of the character sheet that we are going to play. Uh, and then we have the hero's guide the that has the... Uh, rules for making a, her- a hero, a hero's handbook, I should say, and some of the stuff around the rules. And then the GM guide. Yeah, the game master's yeah, guide. Yeah, the hero's handbook is actually, um, it's a solid 64 pages. It has the basics on the rules, how to do combat, how to make your character. It has some basic item list, uh, basic spells, things like that all in there. Uh, lots of artwork to give you a sense of the world. Um, very col- Everything's color-coded. There's uh, an easy-to-follow key where they, you know, they map A means this, B means this. Uh, very nicely done. And I'm the GM guide. Th- this other book, the Transition Guide, is pretty much a, you've reached the end of the beginner box. What do you do next? And it looks like it's very well laid out about how to proceed. I never got that. Oh, that well, here, you. Kurt, let me, let me hand that over to awesome. you, and you can take a look at that. Well, then there's the, the Game Master's Guide, which has the adventure we're going to be playing today, but that's only a few pages there's another probably 70 pages or 80 pages of how to be a game master if you've never done it before and how to create an adventure and how to run combat and different types of terrain where you can have adventures and campaigns. And uh, it has a little mini bestiary in the back with probably, I'm just guessing here, 40 or 50 monsters that you could use. So it's pretty cool. But then the, the, the big selling point that really differentiates itself from a lot of other starter sets is it comes with this set of cardboard ponds that are a cheaper version of the minis that people often use but that usually don't come in a starter set so jj is holding those what do you think of those jj the artwork is amazing though (laughs) i guess my biggest gripe if i had one is the artwork sometimes goes on the outside of the punch yeah, I, when when I was showing this box to uh, Bridget inside, she was talking about how it felt, it, it looked kind of cheap, how some of the print goes on the outside of the punch when they could have just moved it a little to the left or a little to the right and it would have fit. And it does seem kind of weird that with all this quality, they wouldn't have just adjusted the artwork or the punch to accommodate it. 
Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Of and then, but also it comes with these stands, and they have stands for both medium and large creatures. So a large one will use up four squares on a map, and the medium one would use one square. So it's kind of useful that way, too. Well, and this is awesome because if you are a true beginner, which is who they're marketing this for, you're not going to have your minis and your bones right. and your reaper and stuff. So um, this at least gives us something to put on the mat. And what Paizo has done going forward is they now make a huge box of pawns for every one of their adventure paths. So if you play Rise of the Rune Lords, there's now, I believe, a Rise of the Rune Lords pawn box. And if you play, yeah. you know, whatever, the Kingmaker adventure path, I think there's a Kingmaker And, and, and not just the, um, the, the adventure paths, but like the first bestiary, I have the box of pawns that go with it. So if you happen to have that first hardcover book and you buy the pawns to go with it, you have at least one pawn for every monster in the book, which makes it really nice. You get the same artwork that they have in the book, done by the same people and on the same size, the same scale that you can put on the map, all of the same bases for the pawns, so it's really useful. And we're going to be using the map and the pawns in the shed today. Of course, you will not be able to see that as we're playing, but we will describe what's on the map and our surroundings while we're playing to try and keep it in the theater of the mind, even though we will be using the map at the same time. Awesome. Cool. I'm going to give JJ the Hero's Handbook just in case we want to or need to do some rule checking. I'll be very upfront that I have not played Pathfinder in a couple years and I'm not super expert on the rules. Um, for the, we've been playing a lot of D&D 5th Edition and Dungeon World, which... Um, Dungeon World is incredibly flexible, and D&D really now is taking advantage of that advantage-disadvantage mechanism, whereas Pathfinder still has um, you know, actual numeric penalties or advantages for certain things. It also still um, uses formal flanking, so, which is important for you all to know. If you are on opposite sides of an enemy, not just ne- both next to him, but on opposite sides, uh, then when you attack, you get a plus two bonus to your attack roll. Um, and if you're a rogue, then you can get your sneak attack damage. So um, that's going to be one important thing. To and who's the rogue? So sandwich. Me. Nice. So yeah, it has to be opposite sides. Opposite, yeah. got it. Before we jump into the adventure, if yeah. you all want to take a minute or two to um, you know, walk through your character sheet, tell us what you've got in terms of skills, maybe armor, weapons. Um, there's a backstory for each one of these characters on the back. The characters in this beginner box set are the most iconic characters in the Pathfinder world, so the Pathfinder comics follow Valeros and Kira and Mercyel and Ezrin. Um, they, they play out in a lot of other ways. None of it's going to matter to us today. There's not going to be a lot of character role-playing, and, and we're not going to focus on that, but um, why don't we go around, uh, starting with JJ, and you can tell people just a minute or two what you see on your sheet. He picked JJ because JJ just put a piece of watermelon in his mouth. Nice. I figured JJ can, can bluff his way through a character <laughs> sheet with the best of them. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's everything I'm used to. I mean, it's got improved initiative, which allows me to um, get a plus six to my initiative. I, I have weapon focus, which is just a static plus one bonus to my longsword attack. Um, and I get power attack, which allows me to um, reduce my hit bonus by one in order to do increased damage. Um, I probably have the best uh, attack bonus here with a plus five. And I'm fairly certain I also have the best um, AC at 17. And I'm as a fighter, I should have the most hit points at 11. Uh, so definitely more than the wizard, I'll tell you that. How many hit points do you have, do you know? 11. 11. Excellent. It's not bad. Uh, Mickey? Sure. I'll be playing, as I said, Kira, who is a priestess that follows Sarenrae. Did I say that right? Close enough? 
So it's kind of, they have her little backstory here. It's really neat. Basically, she grew up in a, a remote village, always admiring the priestesses. And one day, bandits came, burned down her village. She was the only survivor. And from then on, she swore her sword arm to Saren Ray, promising to protect those who could not protect themselves. So I guess, what's, what would that be? Like lawful good? Not really sure. Uh, we do have alignment at the top middle. Yeah, neutral good. There we go. There you go. I have to read my character sheet. It's crazy. Craziness. So she's got some pretty neat racial traits here, some skill rank bonuses and some feet bonuses. I like this rebuke death and channel energy. I'm going to look forward to, to using that. I've never played a healer before, so this is going to be interesting. Is Neither is Kurt, even though he has technically. <laughs> Not really necessary. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ask for some pointers there. So <laughs> what, what do I do when I'm low? I just, just go at it again. Forget healing everybody. Just <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> the best defense is a good offense. <laughs> <laughs> but she's really neat. She's got a decent amount of hit points. I mean, 10 hit points with an AC of 14. So she's not that squishy. So battle cry. Speaking of squishy, I'll go next. Go uh, I have the wizard. I have Ezrin. And um, just a, a point on the character sheet, if you, uh, if you use the pre-generated characters in the um, Pathfinder beginner box, it's actually a nice um, 11 by 14 sheet of paper uh, that has a character on the outside, the, both what this character is good at and the backstory that Mickey mentioned for hers. And on the inside, essentially you get two full pages of stuff that you can do with your character. And it's really laid out so that everything that you can do in this beginner box appears to be written right on the character sheet. So it looks very helpful, especially for us. We won't have to refer to too much outside of our character sheet. So for the wizard uh, who I am playing here, Ezrin, it looks like essentially he's probably going to die, um, especially if I have my way. Got a cleric. Uh, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> By name. But Ezrin, as the wizard, has a few spells that he will have. Uh, burning Hands, Magic Missile. Uh, he also has Cantrips of Detect Magic and Ray of Frost. Uh, looks like his equipment, he carries a staff, uh, has a crossbow, a dagger, um, a spell book, of course, as a wizard. So trail rations, etc. A bunch of regular adventuring gear. And uh, it looks like his regular attack will be either with a crossbow or a spell. Unlike JJ, I believe my character has the lowest armor class, the lowest attack bonus, and the lowest hit points. So I, I'm the opposite end of that spectrum. Do you get any kind of plus to your Ray of Frost? Your um, the Ray of Frost has a, um, a plus one to die, I believe. <laughs> 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 but uh, as the wizard... Um, I know he he will do good when it comes to casting spells and staying out of the battle lines. That's for sure. We'd definitely between the fighter and the cleric, they'll probably be the ones up there. While the wizard and next to the rogue will probably hang back. Go ahead. Hi, um, Mary. The rogue has almost the lowest hit points at nine. I have you, seven. you said you yeah. also I have seven. Okay. Yeah. Not quite the lowest. Oh, yeah. Um, and basically, her sheet says that she's really good at doing acrobatics and sneaking and stabbing things. That's but good. she's not too bright. <laughs> not too bright. <laughs> not too bright. <laughs> Sounds like a regular rogue, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Of course, you don't say that to their face. Right. Hey, um, before we jump in, one thing I like about this, again, thinking about young people or newbies who would be playing... Each sheet on the front, you know, has beautiful art of the character and a couple of battle scenes, and it literally says 
play this fighter character if you'd like to be good at. Yes. And it says being the toughest and strongest, using the biggest weapons, using the best armor, charging into battle. I imagine that Joe's front page says something different. Joe, could you just read what yeah, you says? Yeah, play this wizard character if you'd like to be good at getting hit often, dying quickly, <laughs> <laughs> uh, blasting fire, I'm sorry, blasting enemies with fire, throwing weapons with telekinesis, Ooh. knowing secrets about magic, knowing secrets about ancient lore, and using magic scrolls. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. So Should this we read the handbook here allows you to, um, you can actually level up too if you want. Yeah. Mm. We will not level up the, today, but uh, it, I don't think, but it, uh, it does allow you to. So one could actually take this beginner box and get go, go to level five. Get yeah. some, some nice uh, mileage out of it. Plus the transition guide that comes along with it tells you how to play beyond that. Well, you know, I don't remember, I mean, we can track XP. At, at what XP level would you go to level two? Uh, that's a good question. And then we'd have to level up the pregens, which you'd have to go to the player book for. Let's see how the day goes. Yeah, we'll see how yeah. the day goes. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Awesome. So what we'd like to do then, I guess, Kurt, if you could help us from the Pathfinder side and from the GM side, when we just give us an example of what would happen, and some of this is on our character sheet, what you can do on your turn, but what happens in Pathfinder when you enter an area, what, what do we typically see? Is it all like D&D, or how is it different? I think it's very, very similar to D&D. I mean, we're not going to move on turns if we're just wandering around outside or checking things out. You all just tell me what you see, what you want to do, what, you know, what you're interested in. When we get to a point where there's a potential for combat, just like D&D, probably tell you to roll. Uh, they're going to be rolling for initiative. And then we go into turns with a... Uh, move action, a standard action, and a bonus action, um, very similar to what, what we've done um, with D&D. So, uh, uh, you know, the rules, Pathfinder is very, gets very rule-heavy, like 3.5. I don't think we're going to see that much of that today, um, particularly because I don't remember a lot of them. Uh, but I think we're just going to get a sense for, uh, you know, for a, a, a good story and a good dungeon. And something and, that we've said about in previous um, starter sets when we played it is the example of play. Yeah, and, it it, has and that's in the, the player's in, book? Yeah, it's in the, yeah, the, the, the hero, hero handbook. handbook, yeah. And for the GM, you know, if you're the GM, uh, there's a full page on page five of the book. What happens when combat, or when combat happens, follow these steps. <laughs> I mean, it walks you through Great. how to do this. Uh, very, very nice for a new GM, which is... Uh, I can't remember if I said it at the beginning, but I haven't done this since I was 10 years old. So you're we'll see how it goes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you didn't say 10 years old. I think you said fourth grade. Well, so yeah, so somewhere around there. Close enough. Um, You're going to be fantastic. So, Kurt, let's, um, uh, unless anyone has any other questions about their sheet or how we get started, I think Kurt can kick us off. Right. I have one so mechanics question. Go ahead. I was going to say that. Already. All right, what you got? All right, so according to this character sheet, on a free action, Kira can move five feet if I haven't used my standard or move action. So that's kind of like disengage. Would that, are it, they, like, it's are there? more of a five-foot shift. Five foot shift. So, are there attacks of opportunity in this game? Not in this. Not in beginner box. Okay, that's so you neat. can run away freely. Run away freely yeah, and good. bravely. Yeah. yeah, and the rule set in the beginner box is not the full Pathfinder rule set, and they're very clear about that in the materials. Uh, the core rule book for Pathfinder is amazing. It's five hundred something pages, yeah, and that's it's, a big you book. could literally play the whole game of Pathfinder with owning nothing but the core rule book. Um, if you get into it, you'll buy a bunch of other books because they're awesome. Yeah. But a nice thing about it is it's one book for a player. Um, so the only mechanics I think that are going to matter to us are, you know, we're back to having 
traditional skill checks, unlike Dungeon World. So if you want to know something, you need to look at your skill sheet and see if you're trained in it. Um, if you want to do something that you are not trained in for some reason, you can roll, but you just get the basic modifier you would have. You know, if it's a, we might be able to add a strength modifier. But generally, one of these characters will be trained in anything you want to do today. Um, as I mentioned, I think when we were prepping for this, we have a flanking uh, rule. Um, then you talked about conditions, too. You also need to know about uh, line of sight. What does that mean? So I, I can only see stuff in my line of sight? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of basic, okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's not going to be a lot of cover issues, I don't think. Um, what was the other mechanic you had mentioned? Conditions? Conditions, yes. Yeah, there are some conditions that may come up, and uh, I'll explain if, if those become an issue. Okay. So. And when you say trained, it's the things that are checked off on the skills list, What correct? you have numbers in. Yeah. Okay, what I have numbers Right, in. if it's checked, it means you could have training in it, I believe. If it has a number in the right-hand column, like a plus one or a plus two, that means you actually are trained and get that bonus. Yeah, okay. the, the check um, is technically, it's a skill that's native to your class, which means that class can pick it up easier than other classes. Okay. But if you don't have any numbers on it, then you have not trained it. Right. Got it. All right, and last thing I'll just mention for those who are listening, you know, this is a beginner box. I think it's, a, and they may disagree with me at the end of it, a very well-designed, cool adventure, but it's made for beginners. Um, and at this point, even I, who, as anyone who listens knows, I'm the biggest dweeb here in terms of not knowing rules or knowing what to do. Um, you know, I think this will be a, you know, we'll see, but uh, we're not beginners. So we're going to, you know, review it on its own terms, but, uh, but hopefully we'll still have fun. So having said that, I want to jump right in. Go for it, Kurt. Awesome. So the Pathfinder universe, essentially, or the world that matters in Pathfinder is called Galarian. And we are in a small town called Sandpoint, which is uh, on a small peninsula out into one of the bodies of water down in the southern part of the continent. None of which matters for us today, but which could set up for future adventures. Um, Our hometown, or your hometown, I should say, of Sandpoint, it's a quaint quiet seaside village periodically has problems with monsters wicked goblins hungry ghouls but the citizens always manage to take care of these problems and they endure and survive recently however a far greater danger has come to threaten the town i think that's probably us (laughs) (laughs) well marissa i believe is known for her drinking prowess so uh, (laughs) mary could be that problem but actually a few weeks ago livestock livestock started disappearing from neighboring towns Sometimes a half-eaten corpse was found, sometimes only bloodstains. The people of Sandpoint are afraid, and the mayor, Kendra Deverin, is growing desperate. She hopes that some heroes will volunteer to search out whatever this menace is and put an end to it before it kills an actual person. She's offered a reward of a thousand gold pieces to the group that stops whatever this mysterious creature is. Now we're talking. Well, we have a rogue in the group. A thousand doesn't go very far. (laughs) Um... No one has actually seen the killer directly, but a long black fang was found in one of the animal corpses, prompting the locals to dub the unseen killer Black Fang. You have decided to go on a quest to put an end to these brutal killings. Rumor holds that Black Fang is living in an old cave just outside of town. It's been used as a den for many monsters over the years. You've gathered your gear. You're now approaching the entrance of the dungeon, but you still have a few minutes to get to know your fellow adventurers. We've already done that, so I would suggest yeah, I think that, we we, yeah. that we move up. But let's, let's take, and because we have these nice pawns and we have the character sheets with the nice artwork on them, 
just as a means of introducing the characters themselves, uh, let's talk about what they actually look like when we'll use the pictures and the descriptions that are on our sheets. And Brittany, tell us what Mary looks like. Uh, well, she's an elf with really, really pointy ears. Um, she's got white hair. She's wearing really nice-looking leather armor, uh, studded leather. And her eyes look like the demons from Supernatural. Ah, oh, all huh. black irises. She's got a lot yeah. of all black pupils. <laughs> yeah. Pointies. Uh, in addition to her pointy ears, it looks like everything on her points in some way. Uh, swords, daggers, even her boots are pointy. Her face is kind of pointy. Yeah. She's harsh looking. She looks very uh, thin and kind of willowy. I thought that was a jewel. That might be an eye. It's definitely a third eye. Okay, she has a third eye. Nice. Yep. Definitely. definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have the wizard, Ezrin, and he just looks like a crotchety old man, really. Um, He has scars on his face. Uh, is wearing some blue and white uh, robes. He looks uh, like Sean Connery in The Rock. <laughs> kind of like Sean Connery. He got hit in the face with a shovel. Um, and he's got a, a, a hooked staff that he holds. That would be his quarter staff. Uh, I see a dagger at his waist. But he, he looks like he is dressed in expensive clothing. So he's definitely uppity, I'm sure. Great, an uppity, crotchety old guy. I like it. <laughs> nice. So, Mickey, what's a cleric like? So, the cleric, she looks, um, in Earth terms, in Earth terms, she looks kind of Middle Eastern. She's got the, um, for those who are Wheel of Time fans, she's got the, the shufa that the Aiel wore. That she can kind of wrap her, her face if she wants to. She's got this wicked kind of headpiece. It's really nice. She carries a scimitar. She's got, like, this robe over her scale mail. Um, she carries a wooden idol of her, I imagine it's her goddess, Serene Ray. Siren Ray. Siren Ray. I already goddess of light. Messed that up. But she, she, I was looking at her skills and she's not very stealthy. And I understand why. Because she's got all kinds of stuff kind of hanging off of her. So I can understand why she's not very stealthy. You know, she's got her, her scimitar band. She's got another little pouch. She's got a sling somewhere on here. So she looks like she jingles a lot when she walks. And the way, clang, the, on, clang, the, clang. on the picture on the character sheet, she's got this really hard look on her face. Like she's got attitude and she's oh, holding this four foot long blade that I can imagine she just bangs against the walls while she's walking Oh, or she's, she looks very yeah. hardcore. I like it. Yeah. And uh, as immaculate as everybody else looks, I am the exact opposite. Um, my armor is pitted and scarred. Um, I have... A nose scar, an eye scar, I got an elbow scar, um, my blade is chipped and cracked and sliced and diced. My he I is mean loaded I, I, with I, character. Look, I look complete patchwork. Nice. Um, the one good note that I can note is that I have a pewter mug ready to go on my belt. <laughs> Always Very cool. ready. Excellent. Well, and I am uh, wearing a gray yellow bean signature polo with some old brown parachute pants and uh, nice. devilishly handsome, if I do say so myself. <laughs> well, at least you do say so. <laughs> All, right, All right, so, Kurt, we've gotten to know what the characters look like as well as what they can do. So I think we're probably ready to, to get ourselves started at the entrance of uh, hopefully where what, a place that leads us to Blackfang. Exactly. So you've had uh, <clears throat> noticed that this cave outside of town uh, is a possible locale for this monster that we're calling Black Fang. 
you've been hiking probably two hours, fairly easy hike. You are definitely close enough to town that if it were necessary and if your path were not blocked, you could get back there at any point that you needed to get back there. Like um, now? <laughs> Sandpoint is a small but bustling and thriving town. There's a, a tavern that is well populated or, or uh, well visited, particularly by adventurers. There are shops. Um, it, it is a it is a, a, a small center of commerce, so you would find um, not rare uh, things there necessarily, but most of what adventurers like yourselves would need. So after two two and a half hours of hiking, at last, uh, got a question. What's that? I have a question. Okay. Would we have picked up any healing potions in town? Do you have healing potions on your sheet? Uh, yeah, no. it would have to be on your it character has to be on sheet. sheet. Okay. Yeah. You've got what's on no your sheet. No us to start, right? No right. metagaming, Mickey. Um, got it. <laughs> so now the dungeon is sight in sight up ahead. Its entrance looks more like a cave than the front door of an underground fortress. A curtain of thick g- green moss hangs over the entrance. Right here. I'm drawing on the map a line. Um, it hides what's beyond. You cannot see through. Standing in front of the entrance is a menacing old statue right here of a warrior. Okay, so what, what we're referring to now is the map that comes with the beginner box. And, and our characters are placed in the southwest corner of the map. And that's the entrance that Kurt was just describing. So it's about, what would that be, 80 by 20? Uh, area that leads into this 10-foot-wide hallway or or entry that uh, was described as covered in moss, and there's a statue right there. And what does this statue look like? Do you want to go up and check it out? Yes. Okay, it's a statue. I'm going uh, to duck. What's that? I'm going to duck as he goes (laughs) up to check (laughs) it out. Just walk right up and check it out. All right, actually, you uh, boldly go up, look at the statue. It is an old stone statue of a, a warrior with a sword. Uh, pieces are chipped off. The only thing that's really notable about it is that it appears that the left side of his body and leg have been burned away by perhaps acid. Oh, great. Oh, nice. What do I smell? Do I smell anything? Uh, you don't smell anything in particular at this point other than the moss, uh, wet moss that has been on the trail in the last half mile of the path. Um, there's moss hanging in the curtain. Um, it's a little damper than it was outside, but you don't smell anything unusual. Do we hear anything? Uh, why don't you make a perception check? Roll a d20 and add your perception modifier to it. Wow. That was a five. <laughs> can we all roll? If you all want to listen actively, you can all roll. Yay, I want to roll. It's going to be that kind of I mean, of we are on the... Yeah, the I have a 14. I rolled an 11. I have a plus three. Okay. I have a 21. 21. All right. So, Mary... Um, Here's just a hint of something. She's not sure what it is, but she thinks it may have been a belch. Oh, great. Oh, that was probably me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> she hears a Joe Young, also known as Ezra. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, you don't hear uh, anything other than what may have sounded like a quiet belch. Huh. Quiet so belch, huh? something big inside. It's going to eat it. Uh, I, um... I will boldly suggest to somebody else to go first. Should we and go in? Yeah. I, I nominate the fighter. I will, as quickly as I can, burst through there. Burst through the hanging moss. Okay. So, why don't you set yourselves up how you would be going into the room. Cleric behind him. So, and we're setting our pawns up on the map. 
um, heading. heading in towards the uh, the moss in what would typically be referred to as a marching order, uh, so that our GM knows who's going to get killed first. Um, <laughs> even not being in the front, I get the feeling it'll be the wizard. Uh, I guess put Summer. me third, yeah. Okay. And, and yeah, put put like a, a little bit of space in between. Let's put some space me and in across all the, <laughs> between all the little characters. There. Yeah. And charge through. Okay. <sighs> well. Before Almost. you're able to charge through, the wizard dies. The go- <laughs> two goblins who were stationed right inside the curtain had been waiting and listening and burping and, and burping. heard you all approaching. And as you move to f- forward, they they part the curtain and come charging through at you as well. And so it roll would be initiative. an appropriate time for everyone to roll for initiative. It's inappropriate time. Uh, where's hey. initiative? Here we go. Initiative Three. is in the middle, right? Is it? 12. It is a... Uh, I'm trying to remember where I just read it's it. It's under combat. Make an initiative check and it tells you D20 plus... Wow. The rogue <laughs> just rolled a one. Oh. <laughs> so that's a four. Yeah, see where your yeah. initiative bonus is? Yeah, right here. Underneath weapons and attack. Yep. Uh, oh, yes. Or you could look it there, is, too. It is NG. the middle right, and I completely kept missing it. doesn't it. have it oh, yeah. right there. So I have a plus four. I rolled an eight, so I have a 12. Ezrin has a 12 initiative. E, the fighter? The fighter is going on the opposite of a 12, a 21. Very nice. How many times so what happens, on that die? The cleric also has a 12, so who goes first between the, the cleric and the wizard? It, it's players, so it's your choice. Is it dexterity in the rules, or I, does I it really matter? I think the cleric choose. should go first. All right, the cleric will go, and then... So the cleric is 12-1, and the wizard is 12-2. All right, the two. goblins are 14 plus 6, so they are 20. They use one initiative, but act separately. Still okay. slower than me. So we have fighter, then the goblins, 1 and 2. Then the cleric... The wizard, and lastly, the rogue. All right. U-E. Thank you. Uh-huh. I can't spell. <laughs> Valoros. So at this point, you see the two goblins in front of you. They each have um, a short sword in hand. They are looking uh, engaged, but a little bit... Um, Intimidated. A little bit intimidated and a little bit fuzzy. Nice. Fuzzy. I want to fuzzy. use power attack. What you got? That gives me... I rolled a 10. I have a plus 5. 15. 15 will hit. All right. Shoot him. That is Pop 12 him. damage. 12 <laughs> damage. Oh, my. Excellent. The first goblin... Before he even has time to register what is happening to him, literally has his head severed from his body and falls to the ground. Actually, no, that's not what happens. Because I said <laughs> I was charging the, I, I was going to charge. As soon as they opened, it's just one foot up. I, you know, basically this is Sparta, and I bring my foot down on his head and crush it. So this one, you stomp them to death. This I stomp his foot gonna, face off. Okay. He I don't know if you can do a power attack with your foot. Can yeah, you? I can. All right. Hey, if you can do it, then... JJ rules. JJ just stopped a <laughs> goblin with his foot power attack. It just happened Herb to look stone. like he was swinging his sword. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Excellent. It's for balance. Uh, it is. All right. So I use goblins And balance. I would like to position myself 
arm around the goblin so that the next person can get blanking. So he can move after he makes an attack, right? Correct. Okay, so he's moving to the opposite side of the goblin, so whoever steps up next can get flanking. That would be awesome. Kira. No, the goblins go now. Goblins are next. Excellent. Skip the goblins oh, yeah, altogether. I, I think we should. Uh, so this goblin knows that he does not want to mess with Valorous. He is <laughs> going to move 20 feet, or going to move 5, 10 feet in front of him and take a swing at... Ezra. Oh, it's the, it's the wizard. It's the wizard. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll just minus seven hit points now. Do we nope. get reactions? Um, <laughs> the, go- the goblin. My first roll as a GM in decades. Nice. Uh, rolled a natural one. Oh, okay. So the so goblin you, who I, still t- hit. I told you was <laughs> I told you was looking a little dazed and a little, little fuzzy. Fuzzy. Takes his short sword, sw- swings for the tall white-haired wizard, and doesn't even come close. He takes an uppercut and misses by three solid feet and almost falls backwards. Cool. Very nice. Uh, now the other uh, goblin gets to go, but he is dead, dead so we'll yeah. go next. So now He'll just bleed Kira. more. Cleric. So Kira sees this little goblin kind of, kind of like next to her and is like a poor little creature. Pulls out her scimitar and swings at him. Oh yes, of course, she would have moved into flanking position. Right. First, of course. Of course. Yeah. So if you are flanking, then I believe you get a plus two bonus to hit. Uh, and it probably did not escape your notice that uh, Ezrin whimpered as the goblin swung a sword at him. <laughs> Even though he missed. <laughs> yeah, oh horribly. So it's uh, this plus two, correct? Plus my melee? My melee, my melee attack roll, is one, so it's a 16 plus two. Hey, I can see what 18. you're doing, but I believe it should be the roll plus so your attack bonus plus two for flanking. That's what I'm saying. Okay. okay, so my attack 18. bonus is one. Yeah. Okay. Plus two. Okay, so what's your total? Eighteen. Eighteen will hit. Roll for damage. Awesome sauce. What I do should I probably roll uh, for this move thing? out of the way. She's probably got a heck of a swing. D six. Yeah, get out of my way. In the name of Sasserin. I can't. Whatever that five. is. Yeah. Serenade. Serenade. <laughs> Sasserin. 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 <laughs> You could just call her your goddess of light. <laughs> In the name of the goddess of light. <laughs> five, dog. five points of damage. Five points of damage. Okay, so you want to tell me how that looks? The, the goblin is alive, but barely. Well, I mean, scimitar, so it's like a wicked blade curved. Wicked. It's wicked. Wicked. Wicked, wicked, it's a wicked, wicked blade. Shop. It's wicked shop. <laughs> yeah. So she, she saw, right, because the moss parted, she saw the fighter take down the other goblin at that point this goblin kind of ran by her and tried to swing at the wizard so i imagine at that point she had put her hand on the hilt so it's kind of one of those draw and slice type things so but you also took like five feet yeah. in one direction so kind of i just kind of picture you like slicing as you step as back I step back and just slice this uh, goblin on the hind quarters like don't get it. any on me that's oh, yucky. you know get out of the way well, that's why she I moved like i should probably try and hit it next so um, run away. In, in bad shape. His little short green body is uh, is bloodied all over, and his. Uh, I'm going to take my quarterstaff and poke it in the eye. Uh, that would Let's probably do that. it. The uh, seven plus two plus two, so that would be eleven. Eleven will not hit. I, I missed its eye. Well done, wizard. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, how a wizard rolls. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it rolls. Is Mary next? It is yeah. Mary's turn. Finish him. Um, how how would line of sight work if I try to? Like, throw a dagger at it from where I am? Am I going to hit the wizard? You 
would hit the wizard from there, so you okay, need to shift. Okay, so five You've feet this way. You've got up to six. What is your movement speed? Can you? Apparently, the wizard feet? is invincible. Six squares. Six squares. <laughs> the wizard's invisible. Uh, apparently. Okay, so I guess because one goblin couldn't hit him. Where's my range? I'm sorry. Where we'll did be you relatively just... loose on it, but I would yeah. say you could hit from there. So we are okay. we are positioning on the map, so getting the pawns in the right spots to account for walls and other characters or line of sight. Yeah. And we're going to be a little bit loose with this because we've been playing theater of the mind for a long time here. So yeah. okay. we leave the hardcore tactical map stuff for JJ's games. Uh huh. 4.0. <laughs> so so Britt is just mm. looking and figuring out what she can do because these are new characters for mm. all of us. Well, I want to do a ranged attack, okay. which would be a throwing dagger, because I apparently am just made of daggers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's why you're so pointy. You just have to yeah. swing your arm and one flies off. If I remember correctly, you've that got six so cool. daggers and a rapier or something like that. So. that yeah, that, that looks about... Oh, I'm sorry. I have eight daggers. Nice. nice. I have eight ammunition. Only one goblin. Right. Yeah. Yeah, just, just one the ones. One dead goblin. Pretty just soon. Just about. Soon to be dead. I that. see. All right. So, oh yeah, fourteen plus three to hit. So seventeen. I'd say you can roll the dice if it makes you feel better, but you're gonna kill him. Uh, she threw roll it under the, the table. The <laughs> <Just> throw, it. <laughs> throw the mic down. Yeah, here we go. That's that's a really pathetic die in comparison to the it last is. game. It is. Oh, it's a D four. It's so cute. It's cute until you step on it. Yeah. Ow. Then it's a cow drop. It's like Legos. Have you stepped on Legos? Why? Why do children leave Legos okay. out? Okay, so... Two. Two, two plus... plus your one is three damage. Three damage. All right, so the goblin... Uh, where, where were you aiming? Just at his gigantic face. Right, so <laughs> These goblins have football heads. <laughs> he takes, they have huge heads. Yeah. Uh, he takes the dagger uh, right under his left eye... And he goes, ah, ah, and then burps and falls over and dies. Oh, nice. No. So what I did, I pointed at his left eye with the staff, and then she threw the dagger. So you, you indicated yeah. where yeah, exactly. to throw the dagger. This is the right spot to hit the goblin to make him burp and you die. Totally. Right, you marked it. So both goblins yeah. are down. The moss curtain has been thrown open. Uh, you do not hear anything else at the moment um, or see anything right in front of you. So at this point, I would ask what you all want to do. I'm can going I to drag wait, the body. Uh, lo- the loot the bodies. For loot, loot, loot the bodies. Loot. Loot the bodies. All right. Um, While they're looting, can I also detect <laughs> magic? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to loot them as Valeros is dragging them. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to drag the one out of the, out of the room, though. Yeah. Beyond the cr- So drag them to the outside. Curtain. Put them outside? outside? Beyond okay. the moss curtain. Yeah. So you're taking them outside. Okay. <laughs> Brittany is <laughs> demonstrating how he is dragging Are you going to give them a proper burial? Is that why no, that? no. I just don't want... It's kind of like, you know, playing a splinter cell. You, know, you hide the bodies. Gotcha. <laughs> all right, so if you all lead the bodies, you will find that on each one of the goblins, they had the short sword, which you've already seen. Um, they each, for some reason, are carrying a dead lizard in his pocket. Uh, there is a Snacks. large, empty jug of wine that one of them was uh, wasn't actually holding, but that was right behind the curtain and might explain the fuzziness and the belching. Uh, <laughs> and then one of, uh, each of them has a belt pouch that has two gold pieces on it. So four so gold pieces? Two short swords, two lizards, an empty jug of wine, and four gold pieces on the goblins. Um, 
what's up with the wiz- the wizards? The lizards. I know what's up with the wizard. Snacks. What's up with these lizards? Your lizard hair. Snacks for lizards. snacks, maybe. Do yeah, goblins like eat beef jerky. lizards? Bag of potato chips. No, yeah. no, Do no, goblins no, eat no, lizards? No. Do they eat lizards in your world? Uh, uh, what do I need to roll for that? <laughs> they actually may have. Uh, they may dine on them. Uh, goblins in the area have been known to have um, gamble on races between small creatures like lizards. Not dead ones, though. Not dead ones. Because they, they the ones that win. lose <laughs> those the ones that lose the races tend not to live too long. Okay. With goblins. Cool. Can I detect magic? On, on the lizards? On the area. Do I detect any magic? I want to detect magic on her while she casts detect magic. <laughs> like, how yeah. does it work in this world? Like, <laughs> can I just, like, what you is know? It, what does it do say for detect, detect magic? magic? Yeah. Yes, I, I do. What is it? It I'm says detects it. nearby magic or identifies a magic item. Okay. Uh, if you're not focusing on an item, sure, you can cast it. It's a cantrip, so there's yeah. unlimited use. It's unlimited. Uh, sure. Go ahead. Done. Done. What do I do? There's no roll. No roll. What do I hear? Do I feel anything? Um, What does my spiny sense tell me? At this point, you do not detect anything magical. Guess what, guys? No magic here. Hey, I'm a wizard. (laughs) (laughs) As I said, at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would like to go back into the room that I uh, face stomped somebody in and investigate. Okay. Uh, because I have witnessed uh, Valoros's tenacity in battle, I will follow him closely. <laughs> okay. So if y'all want to set yourselves up a little bit. Um, right behind the wizard. <laughs> the moss curtain parts to reveal a small cave Very with nice. a low ceiling. On the far side of the cave are a pair of straw mats with a battered treasure chest sitting between them. Yep. Off to one side, a passageway leads to a pair of stone doors. So on so this here, map, would that would be all the way on the east side or the straw mat? Right. So here in red, I'm putting a, yeah. a clearly visible old treasure chest, and then there are two straw mats to the side of it. And you don't notice anything else in the room. I snap my fingers at the rogue and point at the treasure chest. Did you just snap your fingers at he Mary? He snap and point. <laughs> yeah. Mickey got her hackles all up. She's so used to playing the rogue. She's like, she's, she's going to start calling him dumb wizard yeah. soon. <laughs> um, I would like to do a detect magic on the chest while the rogue approaches it. Okay. There you go. Uh, so you need to... Oh, no. no it's a I just, so you don't need for to me, it, it says... Right. It's a little different from what's on the cleric sheet. For mine, it says detect magic within 60 feet or identifies an item. Hers says detect magic nearby. I don't right. know what that... I don't know what Nirenpah yeah. means. Right. So, so I should be able to cover the whole room that we're in. Okay. So tell me what that looks like when you do that. Um, it is there. There's a um, kind of a, a humming, droning noise that he'll do. It's like, a, and he, he just like points a finger, and it's like a, uh, a divining rod that when he gets near magic, his finger jumps up. Right. So you detect a very subtle sense of magic in or near the chest. Okay. Um, well, before you open that, um, let me hide. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to check for traps. Okay. So that. That's the first time in my life I've ever said that. <laughs> uh-huh. Is this the first time you played a rogue or just I the first so. time you thought yeah. you My sister usually plays rogues in the games that yeah. I play. So. There is okay. an actual. So plus what? one to Disabled a device? Perception. Yeah, there is a disabled device, but that's not going to be checking for traps. Yeah, right here. So it's just going to be perception with 
checking for traps. Yep, there you go. Right, so right, plus so one to my already plus seven is plus eight exactly. to a, That's a ton three of numbers. roll. Three. Okay, wow. uh, with uh-huh. a roll of 11, you do not detect any traps. Uh-oh. <laughs> what about a roll of 15? <laughs> Uh, be very, right. very careful when you open that. <laughs> does this appear to be locked? Uh, it does appear to be locked. Okay. Duh. Can you throw a rock in at the it? Sense, in the sense that there is not an open lock or it is not a jar. All right. Well, my foot's magical, so I want to smash it open then. <laughs> okay. Hulk smash! <laughs> it knows how to crush goblins. All right. It does. Are you yeah. all good? With yep. uh, Balor's trying to smash open the... Yeah, I, I'm going to take whatever little bit of cover I can around the corner. So I'm going to aim for the, the north edge side, of kind the of just peeking around the corner. Yeah. Instead of like going for like the center of the mass of the chest, I want to go for the edge. Okay. I'm going um, like put my hands on edge. my hips, but let him do it anyways. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go ahead. So this is an unarmed attack. So what is your damage going to be? Because you you will hit. Okay. Um, what would your damage be with your foot? <laughs> I, I could find a way to miss it. The chest. Yeah. Well, it'd be one d four minus one usually. Well, right. I mean, I do have a plus positive strength, so. Yeah. What do you need? Uh, so need I'm not. You don't need to roll to hit. Just roll and let's see if we can break it. <gasps> oh, yeah, that's a four, four damage. Uh, you did say it was a weak and battered chest. It is. It, uh, you splinter off a chunk of it, but it is not open. What's inside? Yeah. Can we How see? How big it? of a chunk it, you did you splinter off? And it yeah. didn't explode. It did not explode. No, uh, Valoros, you should let Mary open it now. Okay. You've probably weakened the lock substantially. Okay, if you Got want to try it. that, then I believe that would be a disappointment. I, I believe he detected no traps. <laughs> <laughs> By kicking it with his foot. Yes. There was no explosion. There were no blood darts. So, what would I, what do, I do for that? So, that's a disabled device check. Okay. So, you would roll a d20 and add that plus 7, which is very close to what you would have had just checking for them. Very nice. Much more a prepared. Lot. Excellent. So 23. Uh, 23 will, uh, as you, uh, I assume you have thieves, thieves tools somewhere on there? Yeah, she stole them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so. It's part of the mini- So you have thieves tools, so you're working your picks, doing your little magic, uh, and this one takes you only a second and a half. You hear a click, and, uh, the lock springs open. Fantastic. So he, he loosened it for you. What's inside? Okay. Uh, you all look inside and find a small sack. Uh, when you open that, you find that it has 20 gold pieces. There is a dagger. There oh, is, is that magical? Well, well, if I detect magic again, what was the magical right. thing? So um, the dagger is not magical, okay. but you can tell looking at it that it is very well made. Okay. It is what in Pathfinder is referred to as a masterwork, masterwork. dagger, which okay. means that you get a plus one bonus with it. Cool. Rogue, you want a masterwork dagger? At least I think that's what it means. Yeah, plus one to attack have. rolls made with it. Yeah, it's not to damage, though, just to attack. Correct. Masterwork. Yeah, right. and it is not magical. Uh, there is a small ruby that the rogue would know is worth about 50 gold pieces. Nice. And there is a shattered vial uh, that looks like it was recently broken. Uh, with By orange, someone kicking the chest. With orange liquid <laughs> kind of right around it. Uh, and that is, you can tell that that was magical. Huh. Nice. Can I tell what it was? Like, is it worth licking up? <laughs> <laughs> um, you can't. Uh, I have I, knowledge arcana. Yeah, with, uh, with your tongue. Yeah, Why would why you don't lick you, that? Give me one roll on a d twenty. One roll. On, uh, no, forget <laughs> it. 
<laughs> you said one. I rolled a one on the D4. I did exactly what you asked. My now, DC what do I get? was so low on that that I would let uh, Kira roll for that one as well. <laughs> but he you told me tongue. to roll one. I was like, I'm going to put a DC5 on this. Yeah. <laughs> he cut his tongue on the glass. I did the old wise yeah. wizard Ezrin may be moving into dementia. Uh, oh, yeah. Because Kira knows without even having to think about it that this was a, uh, a basic potion of healing. Oh, yeah. good, good going, fighter. So She was taking too long. We got stuff to do. <laughs> now, interestingly, it would have been like if you kicked it and broke the po- potion of healing and the chest reformed itself. That would have been nice. I like that idea. Um, That'll come up in our next game. Excellent. Do you uh, want the plus so one dagger? She should. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm just going to like grab that and hiss like a cat at everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't grab the ruby. No. Grabbed the dagger. Nice. And hissed. Well, and you all should probably divide stuff up. I well, think for now, I'm Mickey's just, just writing it all it. down. Okay. So, so far we have yeah. 24 and gold pieces and a ruby that's worth five gold uh, The best is not to give anything to the wizard because, well, he's just... He's going to lose it. Yeah, exactly. I got it. I got enough pockets that I can handle it. All right. Excellent. So, um, the tre- the treasure chest, the old beaten treasure chest is totally cleared out. You've taken everything in it. Uh, you don't sense any threats or any living creatures around. Is there anything else you want to do in the room? I I would I, I'll do I would like to do the perception check because there was already something magical in here. Um, I would look around under every, like, the straw mats and what have you just to look for anything else the goblins may have been hiding. Okay. I mean, goblins hide dead lizards, right? That's true. All right, so you, uh, at this Wait. point... Were they dead? In the room... The lizards, yeah. Ezra, are you standing over here at this point? Uh, I was standing there during the kicking of the chest, but would walk back in to examine the room, yes. Okay. Um, I was in the hallway. You, again, um, get a very subtle sense of a magical presence... Not nearby. Um, I would okay. even say it's not in the room, but you know that somewhere nearby there's magic. Um, you get down on your hands and knees, feel your back creak, looking, oh, yeah. I assume, <sighs> in and under the uh, straw mats, at which point you find an old rusty key. Nice. It probably opened this chest. It, it looks Can like I, I want to try been. it in the chest. <laughs> and does it match up? It does match up. <laughs> All right. So. I'm going to pocket it anyway. Just in case it opens more than one thing in this area. Okay, that sounds oh, like a plan. Okay. Um, other than that, you just find, um, you know, a, a couple of old rags and a pair of dirty uh, goblin pants. I, I can tell. I can tell you, Ezrin is definitely more comfortable letting Valeros just go up and kick the chest rather than searching first. He's comfortable letting the fighter do his job. Sounds like a plan. Now, no one has taken any damage at this point, have they? No, that is correct. All right. I was going to say this would be a place that you could rest if you needed hit points, but I don't see any reason for that. So where, what do you all want to do next? I think um, it, it, it uh, is important to note, is there light here? Does it matter for the beginner box, or do we just play as if everything is lit? Uh, we play as if everything is lit enough okay. for you to see the room that you're in. Um, you probably can see, you know, clearly, I'm just going to say about 60 feet. Uh, beyond that would be start to be an issue. Can we hear anything on the other side of this door? Uh, why don't you roll a perception check? I'm rolling the Punisher. Oh, you know, from my for angle, I couldn't even tell that's a door. So what Mickey was just talking about, the hallway that leads from the room we are in leads to a set of double doors on the north. 
Right, so they're moving north. What, what, Double what? iron, old iron doors. Uh, and that's a good roll. So 21. F- from there, the only thing that you can hear, other than just kind of the gentle um, air that for some reason is moving, uh, you hear a quiet bubbling of water. I hear a bubbling brook on the other side of this door. Nice. <laughs> Outstanding. Um, so you just hear water on the water. other side, yeah? Yes. That's okay. what I said. I hear do, a bubbling Does the door in. have a locking mechanism? Uh, not that you see. Okay. Um, well, can you open it, Kara? Kara? Oh, sure. I can open it. And I will stand far enough back outside of the blast uh, radius. You want the cleric to open it? <laughs> well, you're up there, right? You had the key. I had the key for the chest, and you did too. It was just on the bottom of your boot. Yeah. Do I need to roll anything <laughs> to open the door? Can I just kind of creak and yep. peek in? You, uh, I said iron, but these are actually kind of big old stone doors. So, so I got up. Yeah, you have to put some muscle into it, but uh, you can do that. And you're trying to just open them just enough to peek? Yeah. All right, so you do that. Uh, you open them four or five inches, you look in, you don't see anything, but the door's really not open yet. All right, let's go in. All right, so at yeah. that point, you push the stone doors harder, and they swing open, revealing a room that is bathed in a shimmering golden light or radiance, like sunlight reflecting off of the ocean. That is strange. Can I detect magic on that middle light source? Mm-hmm. Right after he finishes reading the oh, sorry. text for the room. It's <laughs> <laughs> totally fine, but I will just tell you before you detect magic that the yeah. light, it emanates from a rune-covered fountain in the center of the room and that faint talking noises can be heard. So the room we're so entering definitely. in, just to recap what we're doing on the map, we just went through the double doors on the north of that hallway. It's about a 25 by 25 room. Looks like it has a hallway that leads off the northwest corner and another single door on the southeast corner with this fountain in the middle. Correct. And there's nothing else alive there, but there's a beautiful, beautiful kind of golden light coming from this fountain in the center of the room. You are all standing in awe, and I think that would be a great place to stop uh, and take a break before our next session. Sounds good. Sounds good. That's a pretty neat start so far. I like just trouncing goblins at the entrance of a cave. That's pretty cool. It's always fun. It's a good way to start, especially for a beginner box. I didn't die yet. Awesome. Well, and goblins are kind of, they're also really iconic with Paizo. They have a, uh, they actually have a bunch of adventures that you can play as the goblins called Weeby Goblins and yeah. all the stuff. So I these like are, that. these are their, they make plushy toys at these little guys. So you can Red and butter. They're so. pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for the first one. We will be back uh, with round two in a few minutes and we hope uh, you keep listening. We appreciate it. And we'll say bye bye. goblins. We end the first session with Mickey, JJ, Brittany, and Joe leading the player characters further into the cave after defeating the two goblins guarding the entrance. Tune in for episode two and see what's next in the dungeon. Thanks for joining us. The preceding podcast was brought to you by Shedcast. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com.